Hey there, Bronny. Coach Haskins here from University of Texas, El Paso. I'm here to give you a little bit of a pitch here for our basketball program. I know you're one of the top recruits in the country, and we've got a program here that's not ranked, but still looking strong. I think we're going to be one of the better teams this year, especially with you on our program. Lay it on me. Let me, let me see what you got. All right. So we have no players right now, but... Not a good start. You would be the centerpiece. Did I ever tell you about way, way back when we had the first all-black starting five of NCAA championship history, and we won the championship, we beat Kentucky, and I said, look, I'm only playing niggers this year. All right, slow your roll. You're going to slow down right now. Um, First of all, you came to my house. I am LeBron James Jr. Did that ring a bell? That's exactly why we're here. That's exactly why we want you. We think that you've got the kind of ability and potential to really put University of Texas El Paso on the map. Now, I'm going to have to say, I've watched some of your tape. We're not going to be playing that nigger ball down here. I got to slow you down. I'm going to slow you down one more time. I don't know who you think you're talking to with all this nigger ball, talk about him, to go play starting one on a team of zero. First of all, I'm brawny. You know what? I already got I already got commercial deals. All right, all right. I, let alone you try to recruit me. I, my my father, my father could announce tomorrow that I am the starting player for the new Los Angeles Lakers. Tomorrow he can say that. Well, look, let me tell you about my father, because my father was a white man during the Dust Bowl Depression, and he had nothing to eat. And he worked every day of his life to make sure that me and my family would grow up to coach a mid-tier Division One college basketball team. That's my dream, and I'm here to make your dreams happen, too. You know what I eat? Filet mignon every night, nigga. Every night. Except for Tuesday, that's Taco Tuesdays in our house. But you're not gonna you're not gonna come to California and just talk to me anytime. I'm 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 brawny, nigga. My dad has a shoe. Take these size 13s while stuff them stuff them up your ass. Coming up in my house, talk. you better get on my driveway talking to this shit. I'm LeBron James Jr. I'm the, I inherited Space Jam just by being alive. I just inherited Space Jam. It's mine. <sighs> Fine. Let's see who's next on the list. What about Tristan Thompson Jr.? It seems like there's at least three of them. One of them's got to be able to dribble a basketball. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't wanna be saved. 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 What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of White People Won't Save You. This is a podcast where we deconstruct these white saver films and recontextualize them through a black and POC lens. I am one of your hosts, Jordan Clark. Uh, my co-host Cameron not able to make it today because he's got he's got a cool job going on that he'll be able to tell us about in a little bit, but. For now, I have a very special guest that I'm excited to talk to, a hilarious comedian. You can see his comedy specials on his uh, YouTube page. You can see him live soon coming up, and you can watch his comedy uh, because he's a writer on The Dave Show, uh, which premieres April, right? 
Yeah, April 5th. April 5th, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, this is Niles Apson. Niles, how's it going, man? Good, man. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Yeah, I uh, was was happy to see your comedy when I was checking it out on YouTube because I think, first of all, <laughs> the Burger King story is sadly relatable in a way that, like, I think for Black people, there's 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 stuff that you just, like, don't think about like in terms of just like your day-to-day and then yeah. there's stuff that you're actively thinking about in the back of your mind yeah. of like oh man you know like can't wear this hat here can't wear these colors here can't do you know but like saying cuz in like the the correct context right but in the wrong place right <laughs> it's like yeah, I wasn't the kind wrong. of shit that <laughs> um but but the other thing that i really enjoy is that you you add a lot of animation uh and i've worked in a lot of different spaces with animation you worked on the night pigeon show with with warrior jr um and i'm just curious to know like for you what what is it about animation that you enjoy because i think it's one of those things that is we still kind of don't give it the the due and the credit that it deserves just in terms of being like a a device to use not even just for like you know comedy but storytelling in general um but also like what are you what are some of your inspirations animation wise like what are some of the things that you you always go back to i mean i i think the boondocks is the best adult animated series ever it'll it'll yeah. never get its flowers and praise because it was made by niggas but you know it's, <laughs> it's, it's better than the simpsons it's better than family guy it's better than south park it's better than all that shit it's even it's, the last season well, I don't, I don't count that. Amber <laughs> Duder wasn't involved in that, so right, right. I don't count that at all. That was just some money drafted. <laughs> but uh, the first three seasons of Boondocks, like I put that up against any uh, adult animated American series ever. Um, yeah, from like the writing, the perspective, the characters, all that is just amazing, and like just the uh, the creativity with the show, and then also it's just like with every every popular black show you find out later how much their hands were actually tied and the stuff they wanted to do you know so um i just love anim i love cartoons and i love the i love animation just because like the the imagination and creativity that goes into it man it's just like you can do anything because you just draw it yeah. you know um, right and so yeah that's why i, I love it i want to have my own animated shows and movies one day that'd be dope um and I, I and then I think I just think the Japanese are like light years ahead of Americans <laughs> in that in that regard. It's like you look at something like I don't like what's it called Akira or whatever. Like mm -hmm. it was made in the '80s and it looks better and is better than like every adult um, animated movie we've ever made. It was made sure. in the 80s. <laughs> it's an '80s movie, bro. And like, what have we had in theaters as an adult animated movie that's better than that shit? It's weird too because America is still very much so like looks at things animation comics all these other things through a lens of like that's for kids but Ooh. like even if you if you go to europe like europe european animation and european comics are like very adult and crazy and same thing in japan and same thing in other places around the world and i feel like we still like don't want to give it its due or its credit so yeah. like absolutely i feel like you know more more black people in animation either writing on the shows drawing the shows mm -hmm. um you know bringing those concepts because i feel like we've got 
a lot to to offer in that space and we haven't really had access to it so like the more that we can do i mean we don't like i was having i was having drinks with a writer the other night and she was asking me like why don't you think you can make a black adult animated show and i was like well what black adult animated show do you see on tv (laughs) right now and she was like uh none i was like so why would they just pick me to do one (laughs) you think i'm the only nigga out here trying to make an animated show i guarantee there's one pitch like every week and so it's like to think that you'll be the one they'll finally let do it is just like yeah you know i have hope but that's the dream keep the dream alive yeah so that's Um, and for me that's why i made my animated short film so i can at least say i i made it and i tried for sure so if I, if I never get to make the TV show, I got to make some something of it, you know? Right. Um, well, before we move on to the movie of the week, I, I wanted to run this by you because as a, yeah. as a comedy writer and working on Dave, which is a music centered show, yeah, we have some, some music news that dropped this week that I'm, I'm, dro- I'm just going around to different people to kind of gauge their reaction to it. Yeah. Have you heard about Smokey Robinson's new album? Yeah, I saw the tracks. That was crazy. He had a track called Gasm. The album is called Gasms. Oh, I thought there was a track called Gasms. The There's a track called Gasms. Can I can I read some of the track listing please, to you? Number the the first track is Gasms, so that's off off the top. He's just yeah. giving you that. Second track is How You Make Me Feel. So like some of these are like okay, you know, this is like even if you went back to Old Smokey and the Miracles, it's like yeah. How You Make Me Feel. Okay, that's that's acceptable. I want to know your body. Is the third track. <laughs> I keep calling you. Roll around. Besides, if we don't have each other, and then it closes with these two songs, you fill me up, and I fit in there. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like horny ass old niggas, man. That shit weird, bro. Smoking Robinson, the the king of Essence Fest, is just like I got these songs for you and i don't know if you can if you can start paying for senior discounts i'm not trying to hear about your sex life <laughs> fuck that i don't like horny old niggas this shit stop i'm but sorry my why, man is, why we gotta know all this bro my man is 82 years old 82 making an album called gasms that well that's what he be having he don't have orgasms <laughs> he has gasms that shit quick like boom so i'm i'm it's not out yet it comes out in april but i'm off the track listening alone would you listen to gasm hell no <laughs> fuck i need to listen to that for i'm not listening to it. i can fuck somebody grandma i don't want to hear that shit <laughs> uh well, let's let's get into this week's movie um now tell everybody what what movie you picked for us to watch the uh the disney classic glory road <laughs> And was this, you said you watched this movie a year ago, but had you seen it previous to that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I watched it in theaters as a kid with my dad. Okay. And what was your reaction when you saw it then? I was a kid, so I was like, this is great, you know? <laughs> I was like, let's see, if it was, it was 2006? Yeah. I was probably like 11. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was probably like 11. And my dad is just like very much like a old nigga that loves civil rights ass type movie. <laughs> Like he he made me watch that Will Smith slave movie with him on Christmas Eve. Oh, oh man, yeah. I don't want to watch slave movies. Bro. <laughs> what the fuck? So that's that's my dad. If it's anything about okay. struggle and being black, he gonna make me watch it with him. All right, 
Well, this this movie is interesting because like I didn't see this movie in theaters, but I saw every other. I saw Coach Carter. I saw like Mike. Carter is dope. You know, so, Coach Carter is great. Coach yeah. Carter is still great. And, it, and all I feel that like he wanted them kids to do is have a seat, and they got, <laughs> parents went crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> But this movie, like you say, it's a Disney movie. Yeah, uh, it came out in two thousand six. Uh, it's based on true true events, right. and the as the as the opening credits will tell you, based on which is the key phrase. Right. And it's the nineteen ninety six NCAA uh, basketball champions, Western Texas, which is now known as University of Texas El Paso right. or UTEP, and they had the first. Is again, we'll get into the specifics, but they didn't have the first all black starting lineup, they had the first black all starting lineup that won an NCAA championship, right. and so they beat University of Kentucky in 1966. It's directed by James Gartner, who never made another movie. Really, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's it's got a screenplay by Chris Cleveland and uh Bettina Gilios, who are two white people, yeah, and wrote other movies about black people and it's interesting to just kind of see so they did glory road they did bessie which was the 2015 bessie smith movie that had oprah not oprah uh queen latifah in it they did mcfarland usa which was another one of these sports movies about kevin costner that's a white savior coach movie too it sure is so they got they got kind of a theme going on bring them niggas back (laughs) uh but it's it's also produced by jerry Bruckheimer, who people know him for the pirates of the caribbean but he also did remember the titans so this was remember the titans redux this was them trying to go back to that well strike gold again and it didn't quite work out they did not make that much money so the budget was 30 million the box office was 42 okay Point nine million. So like it made money, but it didn't make remember the Titans money. Like it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't rolling in like that. So it stars Josh Lucas as Don Haskins, stars Derek Luke with maybe one of the most like just offensive perms and like cogs I've seen in the movie. Like that I was unsettled <laughs> from the moment he was on screen. Makad <laughs> uh, Brooks. Austin Nichols, John Voight, like a bunch of other people. But most importantly to me, it stars Hits from the Street. <laughs> um, Al Shearer, who was who was Shed. He used to host a show called Hits from the Street on BET in like 1999, yeah. and he 2000. Used to do punk with Ashton Kutcher. He, did, he used to do punk with Ashton Kutcher. So see, I mean, this is all of these movies have grown men playing teenagers. Right. But like that nigga is grown. Mm-hmm. It's so see him pretend to be, well, I guess, like 18? That back then, <laughs> Maybe. Niggas was looking 40 they freshman year of college back then. <laughs> he, he, all of them looked old. I mean, especially uh, my guy who was playing Latin, David Latin. Yeah. Like, he was like, he was a John Henry looking ass nigga, right. but he was like, <laughs> all of them looked way too old to be in college. But then also, Tatiana Ali, who was like, Looks the same as she always looks. So, like, you can never tell how old she is. But, like... Looks so good. She's in this movie for no reason. I enjoyed seeing her, but it's just, like, she's just Derek Luke's girlfriend who is there to get him in trouble and, like, tell him to play better. Right. And that's that's it. All those old period piece movies (laughs) that don't really do anything always have some woman that's there for you. Yeah. You got this. 
Like that's all that's all her line. And then, like every in the scene, it's just the camera going slower and slower, closer to her like really pretty face. Yeah. Always told you I believed in you. You got this. Like and it's just like going, and the music gets loud and shit. It's yeah. Every movie. This movie though, I I think I I was telling you before, it feels like somebody programmed a bot to write a movie about the black civil rights struggle, but written by white people yeah. because black people say things in this movie. I don't think any black person has ever said, but also like the way that they talk and the way that they act. I was just like, did, was there a black person around in like the writing of this yeah, movie? That's why I'm trying to do anything. Like, oh, bro. Yo, they'll go on like, like a, a clip from that one movie. Is it dirty grandpa? With Zac Efron, mm-hmm. Robert De Niro, yep. Like a clip viral yep. from that shit, where like Robert De Niro's character is like rapping during doing like karaoke, and nigga pops up on the shit, and he like looks at the crowd, is like, "Should I say it? Should I say it?" And it's like three black people, and they're like, "Yeah, nigga, say that shit, say that shit, <laughs> nigga." And I'm just like, "Are you serious? Like, nah. You know they did not want to do that, but actors will do anything for money, bro. So like, he'll go and make fools of himself and say anything. Like, that's why that's a lot. Like, that's why stand-up comedians don't be getting booked for shit. Because like, that's why Patrice O'Neill would like get kicked off sets and shit. Because he's like, I ain't saying yeah. goofy ass shit. Well, especially in this movie where like, again, these are these are grown men yeah. playing teenagers, but like, multiple times, Shed has to like get beaten up or cry. Yeah for white people yeah in a way that's just like what is this character i don't yeah, understand he gets beat, beat up in the bathroom at the gas station or some shit and just walks out like <laughs> in shock and everybody's just like what like i think the coach looks at him and says are you okay and it's like he is bleeding <laughs> profusely he didn't go in like that like i don't know i think the problem why... the problem with the movie why it didn't make much money it didn't have a popular enough white savior. That's true. Like, well, Josh Lucas was not popping yeah, at the time. So. About Josh Lucas, like if <laughs> if Brad Pitt or Ben Affleck or Matt Damon or George Clooney had played the coach, if they had mm. the budget for one of those guys, I think this movie is a lot more popular than it. Uh, than it yeah. But Josh Lucas, who gives a shit? Funny enough, Ben Affleck was one of the original choices to play the role and was going to do it until a scheduling conflict popped really? up. Really? So like, Yo, Ben Affleck does that movie, it's way more popular. But then he did the Way, Way Back like two years ago. Yeah, he did a basketball like, movie where he's like a drunk, like an <laughs> alcoholic coach or some shit like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't. I so he still got it in. Yeah, I didn't want it. <laughs> well, let me, let me try to run down this movie real quick for the listeners. Yeah. Uh, five minutes or less. We'll see what we can do. But Glory wrote. Starts out with Coach John Haskins. Like, he is a girls basketball coach in Texas. High school. High school, already unbelievable because apparently there is a Division One basketball, like, scout there to watch him. I don't know any other reason why this person would be at this game unless maybe his daughter was in it, but that was never explained. But he sees Coach Haskins win this championship. And immediately says, we need to get this guy to coach our men's division one basketball team, brings him over. Coach Haskins is so thirsty to coach that like they tell him, hey, dog, we ain't got no money. In fact, you're going to have to live here in a dorm with your family. And also, we don't have any budget for scouting. And he's like, bet, I'll do it. (laughs) Say less. Let me coach this team. And so he comes in. The team is apparently sorry. 
they're still trying to recruit some new players to fill out the roster. They don't know who to get. So they go out, they start hitting the road. Every person that he talks to laughs in his face because why would I want to play at Western Texas when I could play at Kentucky or Kansas or Ohio State or any of these other places? And so just watching the game, he sees Derek Luke playing uh, Bobby Joe Hill. Last man on the bench, only black person on the team, comes out, starts doing some behind-the-back shit, uh, you know, some fancy layups, gets a few steals. He's like, that one. I want that one. And so he goes up to Bobby Joe. He's like, yo, I'll give you a Division One basketball scholarship. Bobby Joe's like, why would I do that? You know, every other white man has told me that they're going to start me, and then they put me on the end of the bench. But Coach Haskins is serious about it. He recruits him. He recruits a couple other people from across the country. And a scene where it's like, this happens in multiple basketball movies, and I never believe it, where the coach beats one of the players one-on-one, and then it's still like, and now I want you to play for me? Where it's like, if I, a 40-year-old man, can beat you one-on-one in basketball, I don't want you on my team. (laughs) Movies are stupid. (laughs) Stop letting white men make movies. (laughs) He gets... He gets all these kids together. He recruits them from all over the country. He's got seven black players on his team, which, as we're told, is unprecedented for the South. It doesn't happen in the SEC or the ACC or any of these other places. And so they all come to campus. I guess these these are black people who have never been outside of wherever they're from because they immediately see Latino people and they say hola and like taco and like uh, don't have any understanding of what's going on. Like, hits from the street just trying to get a hot dog he's calling it hot doggo and then they beat all of their white teammates and i guess the one hispanic teammate who we never i don't think he even gets a line like he's just also there and like immediately they start playing one-on-one with cabbage in the lunchroom because that's a thing that they did i guess this movie wants us to believe so After that, they bring him in. Coach Haskins is like, look, this is how we play basketball at Western Texas. We don't drink. We don't talk to girls. We don't go out. We don't do anything. Ball is life. Come here. We're just going to hoop and run every day. The end, right? All the kids are like, fuck that. We're going to go out. So they go out across the border to Juarez where just for no reason at all, we meet Tatiana Ali, who's bartending. And just, just an excuse for Derek Luke and her to hook up and get together. The first hour of the movie, nothing really happens because it's a lot of just like shen- like literal shenanigans, like them like pranking each other randomly. Like one of them has a Malcolm X book and the other one is like, yo, I'm down with the struggle. And the guy's like, you don't know anything about the Panthers. And then that's the scene. So like things like that just happened for no reason. Some of the white players feel a little... Like, why do we need all these black guys on our team? They start getting into the first couple games of the season. Things are going well, but then obviously we need some friction. So Shed gets kicked off the team because Coach thinks he's a bitch and doesn't think he can play basketball. And so he cries (laughs) and like goes into the gym. And, you know, every this is one of those black movies where there's just like if you turn on the subtitles, it probably just says black harmonizing where like the the gospel music like turns up and somebody just bones and hums real loud (laughs) while black people search in their souls. So that's what shed does. And then he comes back and he's like, I ain't a punk break my nose. That's how bad I want to play basketball. He went and put the fire mask on. (laughs) And then, and, and the, the biggest 
maybe scene of hateration I've ever seen in the movie. Derek, Luke, and Tatiana Lee are on the roof. They're hanging out. They're chilling. They're having a nice time. Coach hears music, senses that one of his players might be about to kiss a girl, goes up on the roof and ends that man's date and then makes him run in the in the football stadium, which is insane. But after that, they start winning uh, until they start playing real competition. And that's when coach the whole time has been saying, look, I just want you to play like Bob Cousy, just like dribble real low, like do one-handed jumpers, like none of that flashy shit. But when they start getting in trouble, Derek Lucas is like, yo, we got to play like we play on the streets. Are, and here's the like, ball, coach. <laughs> and he's like, all right, play a nigga ball. <laughs> and, then they, and then they go undefeated, <laughs> play a nigga ball. So I guess they were right. <laughs> and then Again, there's just more just like, now Now we need general racism. So like, they're all eating at the diner. Shea goes into the bathroom. White men just beat the shit out of him. Unprovoked, you know, and then he just walks out bleeding. Coach is like, what happened to you? Obviously, somebody jumped him. So <laughs> they were like, all right, well, let's just go play the next game. That's like, literally, that's the scene. They're upset. And then they're like, well, let's just go play the next game. Not like get this kid to a hospital or like. Make sure he's okay. So like, go play another game. People are yelling at them, like calling them niggers, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they win the game, of course, but then they go back to their hotel room and somebody has written nigger and KKK on their hotel wall in blood, I believe they say it is, which is wild. But also after that, like... They're so shook that they can't, they don't trust their white teammates anymore. They're just like, yo, we can't even pass you the ball. We can't even look at you. And then after that, they lose the first game of the season. One of their white teammates looks at them and says, you guys don't know how it feels. Now we're the minority on this team. To which Makad Brooks almost yokes one of them up. <laughs> and he's like, you're right. Sorry, I didn't mean that. Uh, but after that, that's basically it. Because then they go to the NCAA championship where they play a game against Kansas, which has another black player on it. Yeah. And they're immediately like, look at that coon. They're just just hating on him. Just, just for... Him, <laughs> I know. But the the game is going real tight, real tough. And so, you know, last shot of the game where this player from Kansas hits a three, wins the game, except he doesn't because he stepped out of bounds. So, you know, just by luck, they get into the championship game where they play Kentucky Coached by Adolf Rupp, who is just the biggest hater. He's calling them boys. He's calling them all kinds of things, all kinds of that subliminal Southern racism. And then at the last minute, coach calls all the, the players to have a meeting. And he's like, look, I'm only playing the niggas tomorrow. White people can't play. <laughs> Which really should have been the strategy from the get-go. I don't think he should get praised for being like, all right, uh, we're playing basketball and I'm only playing the black guys. Like, you're not a hero. You're smart. But that's his strategy. He's, he's, we're going to show him. We're going to show him how, how nigger ball goes and we're going to win this NCAA championship. Off, off the gate, one of the players gets hurt, goes to the bench, Coach looks at him, and his only words to him are, tough break, son. Doesn't say anything else to him <laughs> the rest of the night. <laughs> Things are tough. It's going back and forth. But suddenly, you know, the team starts to get on a roll. They uh, they unlock, you know, their their abilities. They start playing as a team. Manage to beat Kentucky. They win the NCAA championship. 
hits from the street, looks into the middle distance and says, Mama, I'm an NCAA champion to nobody, which is just another like, what are you doing? Uh, They all go into the stands. They kiss their girlfriends and wives, mothers. You know, everybody's celebrating. Roll credits. Credits have some behind the like original interviews with the the real players on the team. Pat Riley's there. And that's basically Glory Road, which was a movie that I looked at and just couldn't begin to put together why it may be so angry <laughs> but before we get to that can we, can we talk about how of all the movies we've watched for this podcast we've, we've kind of broken down the white saviors into all these different categories of the reluctant white savior who doesn't really want to do it but then kind of gets forced into it or you know like the almost like on a mission white savior, whether it's like, you know, a Christian film or whether they're like a teacher or somebody like that, who's like, you know, I got to make things right. This guy seemed like he didn't give a fuck about these kids. And they were just a means to an end to get him a job and then to get him a championship because the way he talks to them throughout the whole movie is wild. Like there's a scene where he's about to kick shed off the team and he and he basically is like, yo, you're not good enough to play for me. Here's a bus ticket home. Go home. <laughs> I I coerced you and all the rest of you to go tens of thousands of hundreds of miles away from your families to the middle of nowhere in Texas to play basketball for me. And now I'm just kicking you out. And it's like, what the f-? Like, he's the hero of the movie? Like, did you, watching it, for the second time like how did you feel about not only just like his character but just like that interaction because they're trying to make us believe that this man doesn't see color just just he's just doing what's right coaching these kids up but like was act like was treating them like literal children like they couldn't be out of his sight without like getting into some shit And, like, never did anything to, like, try to understand who they were or help them outside of basketball. Yeah, I just, I firmly believe, like, movies like this are made for people who haven't done drugs yet. (laughs) Like, if you haven't done drugs and, like, you, like, live in your, like, same hometown, bullshit like this in Green Book. You're like, it's so good to Mm. see everybody working together and, and bullshit like that and, but if you've just like done drugs or like <laughs> done something with your life you're like what the fuck like this is crazy like you like i remember watching it and being just like they really made this movie about the white man that coaches the team the most uninteresting yes. person you had all these dudes that came from all these like different parts of the country and had these crazy backstories and are in middle of nowhere texas for the first time a lot of these guys is the first time outside of their mom's like house and shit and you make a movie about a white man with a clipboard that ultimately just decided i'm gonna put black people on a basketball court whoa well it's it's weird too because usually in these movies right like there's some emotional theme or core with the white character where like oh, we're learning more about his relationship at home or like he's got some like 
unfinished business he's got to take care of or like some kind of like we don't know anything about this man no. he coaches basketball that's it it doesn't uh that's all he is carrie russell play his wife let me look it up i don't she might have like four lines be. the whole movie she barely has any lines yeah she's mostly I just there wife, to... like never talks in any of these movies oh emily deschanel oh okay they look alike yeah yeah, who was? I mean, she played Bones. She was on yeah. Bones yeah, for a long time. Yeah, yeah. She she's basically her and Tatiana Lee have the same role, just <laughs> just for two different characters. Back in the script, probably said white lady and black. Nobody <laughs> even have names in the script. Said white lady and black lady. Well, because even on the team, right? Like we've got seven characters that they try to introduce mm-hmm. at once. And like specifically David Latin, who his introduction, he just pulls up on campus yeah. and they're like, oh, that's David Latin. And you're like, who is that nigga? Like, who, like, why is he? I guess he's good because you're telling me he's good, but like, he literally just showed up mm-hmm. and he's tall. So I guess, I guess he's the best player on the team. Right. But like, I don't remember half of these characters' names. I don't. No, I can't like differentiate between them. Like, they're all kind of more or less the same person, yeah. designed to kind of tell the same. Like, there's a there's a ridiculous scene in this movie where they're on the bus back from a game, and the athletic trainer starts playing something on the radio. He's like, "What do y'all know about this?" And then one of the white players pulls out like a pocket radio and is like, "But what do you know about this?" And then like one of the black players pulls out like a portable radio is like, but how about this? And then at the end of the the bus, David Latin pulls out what looks like a full size speaker (laughs) is playing the temptations. And it's just like, you've, you've given up on me even taking this movie seriously, but like they're all there just to kind of be like to deliver jokes. But again, as a comedy writer, I'm sure, you know, like, if you write every character the same way and they all deliver the jokes the same way, yeah. why have seven characters? Right. Like that doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> because did you were you did did any of the jokes even land for you? Like was there any no. point where you chuckled there's, or laughed or were no you just watching this part about this movie? <laughs> there's nothing funny about this movie whatsoever. <laughs> what about the scene? <laughs> What about the scene where they go to, I guess it's just the black party on campus or somewhere. I don't even know where they're at, but they're where all the black people are at in this town. And they walk in and it's and it's filmed from the POV of the white players. And they're just looking at all the black people are looking at them like, what are you doing here? And then, like, I guess what we're supposed to believe is the most attractive black woman at the party walks up to the least attractive white man on the team. And it's like that one. We're gonna dance now. And I was just like, "What? What am I supposed to be making of this?" Because whatever white dude wrote this movie <laughs> wishes that would happen to him. <laughs> but it's also like, I say this all the time with these based on the true story movies. Like, there's things that we know happened, right? Like that are based on actual fact. There's footage of these games. Yeah. You can talk to people, and even like when you watch a documentary, right? And it's like. One person's telling the story and then you might cut to somebody else who's like, that shit ain't happened. Mm-hmm. Here's the real story, you know, but like this movie is just like, this is what happened. And none of this shit seems like 
it probably ever happens. Like there's there's two scenes that players in the movie tell you, like real life players say that ain't happening. Really? So you, you research like the real people? Yeah. So like they said, Shed, who is the I mean his character is a whole fucking mess, but he came out and said once the movie came out, he never got beat up. <laughs> <laughs> in in a bathroom. He was probably like, well, pick me to get beat up. I just look like a bitch or something. I don't know. Like the the way that the movie wrote his character was like, this guy's kind of a bitch. Yeah. Like he gets his ass beat a lot and cries and like that's <laughs> that's who he. Nothing. He ended up playing for the Celtics. Yeah. Yeah. So like some of these guys actually went on to have you know yeah. careers yeah, like in the NBA, in but NBA. like yeah, I think I saw his like basketball, yeah. actual basketball card somewhere. Yeah. So he says that that didn't happen. They say that the the racist like writing on the wall in their hotel room never happened. <laughs> they, <laughs> Bro, so these white people just made up nigger being on the wall. That's crazy. Yo, but even beyond they that, think about racism this. out here. <laughs> They're creating racism and some poor like PA on that set had to go and get red paint and misspell nigger on a wall for an event that never happened. Hey, so Daryl, so yeah, Darryl, today here's some red we're going to need you to... <laughs> nah, that would be a funny sketch. That's a that, that was, that was Daryl's last day. He was like, I'm, I'm done. coming back to this yeah. shit. <laughs> But that didn't happen. Even even the speech that he makes at the end, where he's supposed to be like telling them, "Hey guys, I'm only starting the black kids tomorrow." That didn't happen. He didn't call them in to do that. Apparently, from what he says, he was up late into the night drinking with the University of Maryland students because they like were just up in and around where he was staying at. Oops. And since he couldn't go to yeah, since he couldn't go to sleep, he just joined them, and they just drank. Until like two AM. So like instead of doing the the rousing speech <laughs> to the team about like, you know, what's the difference between us and them and like, you know, you're gonna prove a point and be, you know, an inspiration to people, like actually no, I'm just gonna get a little tipsy uh, <laughs> with some college students <laughs> and then I'll coach in the championship game tomorrow. So like there's a whole bunch of stuff like that that's just like this shit didn't happen. And they're they're trying to make you believe it happened because it, I guess, makes for a good movie or at least compelling events in their mind. But it's just like like you're saying of all the things that you could have chosen to do, you had a make believe hate crime <laughs> where a man got assaulted while just trying to get some eggs, and then you had like a make believe like breaking and entering where people wrote racist stuff all over the walls when you could have just had like not even just the real life of it because it's a movie sure all right we're going to embellish a little bit now everything's going to be true but like that though <laughs> like that's the stuff that we're just going to make up and jerry Bruckheimer, the producer admitted as much because he said yeah we kind of needed something extra to like kind of drive home you know, like what it was like for these guys back then. But again, the players on the team will tell you it was all right. Like, you know, 
what, what was all the white people that we were around our best friends who like you know were rooting for us probably, probably not but like did we ever get like beat up or like were people ever threatening us because here's the thing that they don't tell you when you watch this movie one 1966 black people been hooping all over college basketball right. you know what i mean like you already had bo russell come through you already had will chamberlain come through right. um you know like oscar robinson like all these people who had like not only won ncaa championships but like were prolific beloved high school like college basketball players yeah. like it wasn't even like oh like those niggers it was like oh yeah like college all-american yeah. like best player in the country yeah. like yes that 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 guy and so it wasn't like they came in and it was like we've never seen you before like you've never you know what i mean like you're, you're breaking the color barrier it was like you're also playing for this team right in reality by the time coach haskins got there there are already black players on the team mm -hmm. Some of them were players who ended up being on this championship team. Mm. And he was actually coaching there for four years before they won the championship. He started in the 61 that and then won the championship in 66. No. So the movie wants you to believe that he went from coaching girls high school basketball to win an NCAA championship, which is not how that happened. No, they had but to again, do that because this character like, wasn't interesting whatsoever. So like they do that no. to like make you kind of give a fuck a little bit. And it's, you know how bad it is too? He's got two kids in this movie. We see them at the beginning and we see them in the middle. Huh. And we never see them again. And usually in these movies, the blind side, uh, remember the Titans, you know, I mean, you've got like the the mouthy kid of the coach who's kind of like, hey, do this, guys, and like, you know, run this play and like all this stuff. We don't even see the kids in the stands. They ain't even there at the end when they win the championship. They left them at home. Damn. So it's <laughs> just like <laughs> That's that's how bad it was. They couldn't even get white kids in this movie to like give it give it a little bit more of a punch up. So there's a bunch of stuff. Yeah, like what was there ever a point in this movie where you're just like, if I was whoever you know whatever player that was, like I would have just left the team because that man is not talking to me that way. Yeah, that's what the man that one nigga got his mom called. I remember like she like and then the way they like filmed her like walking sassy down the hallway and shit. And oh my god. Class, and she was like, My son know the answer. I was like, Man, get this bullshit out of here, bro. <laughs> I would have quit. I would have like, fuck you and fuck this team. I'm calling my mom on me, you snitch ass nigga. I'm out of here. <laughs> he was such a fucking hater. Like, I can't imagine being Derek Luke. You got you you finally convinced Tatiana Ali to go out with you. Yeah. You finally convinced her, hey, I set up this whole thing on the roof. I got, you know, this blanket. We're going to drink some wine. We're going to look at the stars, all of this stuff. Yeah. Temptations are playing. Things are going well. She's laughing. This motherfucker comes up behind you and is like, you're going to go run now. Because I said, don't be up. Like what? Like what college student is a not doing anything? Right. You know, but like, you're you're a you're like a star basketball player. Yeah, this is what I'm supposed to be. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. I'm doing this like what? I can get hoes? What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> you think I came here to but like, play basketball? <laughs> fuck that. Like what? Like especially you got dragged 
hundreds of thousands of miles away from your home. Like you don't know anybody. Family's not here. Your friends aren't here. I don't want to hang out with my teammates all the time. 1966. Porn, porn not even good yet. I'm supposed to just sit in my room and eat my meat to nothing? So it's like this whole thing is is amazing because the whole argument, right, of like, oh, man, these kids, like, if they only they knew how to play basketball the right way, quote, unquote, the white way, right? Like, if only they knew the fundamentals of basketball and how to dribble and how to do a proper bounce pass and, like, all this other shit. And then the second they start playing how they actually play basketball, you start winning games. Like, how is that not an indictment on the coach that he didn't know shit about anything? <laughs> because, like, they're basically... I was like, this team is coaching themselves at this point. Like, why is he even here? Like, he did not make them better. He just made them run a lot. I guess he was there for cardio. Like, they're in good shape, I guess. But, like, you know, you got you got David Latin in the middle. If he's just dunking on niggas, yeah. what do you even need to be there for? Give him the ball. Yeah. That's it. That's the that's it's the Will Smith Bel Air offense. Right. Give him the ball. Let him that's dunk good. on everybody. <laughs> that, that team did not need a coach. It even like in the like in the NCAA championship game, the real actual game, like it was close in the beginning, but then at a certain point, like it does happen in the movie, like Bobby Joe gets two steals in a row. After that, it was over. Yeah, it wasn't a close game at all. They just won by a bunch of points. So, like, even that, like, I understand, look, it's a movie, it's the championship game, you want to make it dramatic, but, like, that shit was a blowout. So, it was, like, you were trying to get, you're trying to milk all the drama out of it. And I guess this is is the last point, too. Like, the basketball wasn't good. And I know it's hard sometimes to make basketball look good in these movies, but, like, this was also, some of these guys look like they hoop. And so it wasn't like the the worst thing you've ever seen, but like I would not have wanted to watch any of those like actual games because it didn't seem like it was like when you watch. Look, I know people have feelings about oh man, like don't don't talk down on like basketball from the nineteen fifties or nineteen sixties, but like if you could choose, <laughs> if you could choose to watch. Bob Cousy hoop Hell. or watch John ja Morant hoop. Yeah. I think you would choose job ja yeah. every time. <laughs> like you're never gonna watch. I've always wanted to do a sketch where like I time travel and go back to like black and white and just like ball up these white niggas that was in, in the NBA. You get cha- you get chased out of town, bro. I destroy Bob. If I played, I haven't played like seriously played basketball in years. I guarantee you, I could destroy Bob Cousy. <laughs> he dribbled with one hand. There were some people that I was like, "All right, you look, Jerry West. Yeah, he cold, Jerry right? West like he could play." Uh, Bill Russell could have been good in any era. Wilt Chamberlain, but the rest of them, bro. <laughs> Man, I like and that's up. <laughs> well, and that's the thing too. So after this team won the championship, that was the next year in the NCAA where they banned dunking. And you couldn't dunk That's for racist. like, ten, <laughs> yes, you couldn't dunk for like ten years, you really? know, because it was it was it was this team, and then it was because Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was coming in and he was dunking everything, and they're like, ah, oh, we can't let this nigga, we can't let him do that, 
And then he won like four NCAA championships. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was like. It's crazy with Kareem. So like he played at UCLA, right? My dad went to UCLA. Yeah. Well, my dad was telling me, because my dad went to UCLA maybe like 10 years after Kareem, 10, 15 years mm. after Kareem. And my dad told me the way UCLA worked at the time, they had a freshman team and then they had the actual team. Right. And so if you were a freshman, you couldn't play on like the actual UCLA team. And so UCLA was like one of the best teams in the country. And everybody was like, UCLA is the best team in the country, but they can't even beat the freshman team on campus because Kareem was a freshman, but he was Lou Alston yeah. then. And they, the freshman team did a scrimmage with the real like college squad and they beat the shit out of them because Kareem was a freshman. <laughs> and like, but he, and you, but because of rules, like he couldn't play on like the actual UCLA right. team though. And I was like, that's crazy. So they just had, they just let their best player not play for a year, like because of rules. Yep. I mean that you know I feel like that there was a lot of stuff like that back then and like again especially that Duncan rule because like you'll watch some games from back then and guys will be like dropping it <laughs> like everything but dunking the ball you know like how close can I get without actually touching the rim you know what I mean because uh, like Kareem would do that you know he just kind of just get like right it wasn't even the sky hook he would just kind of like drop the ball. <laughs> Because nobody could do anything with him. Like they were gonna block the shot, yeah. so well, like I can't dunk he, it. He but developed the sky hook because he couldn't dunk anymore. It was a little bit of that because wow. like he had to figure out something else because they weren't. And then he got to the league, and they're like, "Yeah, you can dunk again." He was like, "Bet." Wow. <laughs> I'm gonna score the most points all time. <laughs> so, um, well, let's talk a little bit about how we could reimagine this movie. Cause I think we've established that, you know, hating ass coach is not who you want to be the star. Like that's not somebody that I, I could root for. And I feel like most, if you're rooting for him, you are also hating. And like, I, I guess, you know, you stick together, but for, for black people, we're watching this movie. We are these players. What would you have liked to see? What would you like to have known? Because I think one of the things that stuck out to me the most was like the only sense of what this team meant to black people that we get was like there's a scene at the end where some black people at kentucky are watching the game and they're kind of like Shh, keep it down because we're rooting for the niggas like we can't let them know that we're cheering for black people <laughs> um and then like black people in a barbershop somewhere in america are watching this game and like that's all we get from the black community in terms of like if this team was important to them at all. So like, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of that. Just not necessarily them being like, we're important historical figures, but like black people say, Hey man, like we actually like, we care about you. We want to see you. Yeah. Win. They didn't really, we're rooting for you. Black people that weren't each other. No. Right. Because you know what I mean? Like the not... people that wrote the movie couldn't write those. <laughs> they couldn't even write the niggas in the movie. <laughs> But what, what would you like to have seen from from some of the characters in the movie to kind of flesh them out more and give it give them more of a story? I definitely I would have liked to just see more of like their backstories, like where they came from and that kind of thing. I think that could have been like the first half of the movie, to be honest, where all these yeah. came from. And then also just like their um their relationships with each other. Yeah. Like it didn't like it didn't really explore like black male friendship because then white people can't write that shit. And so yeah. it's just like you. So they just put on jerseys and did they? They they achieved <laughs> monumental fame, but never have conversations with each other and shit like that. Like, like come on, like these dudes obviously had to have had to confide in each other or 
really be there for each other with this being such right. a new experience and like they're all came from all over the country and shit like that you don't see any of that in the movie at all they're just kind of like robots that play basketball bobby joe hill kind of has personality but it's just like he just kind of has a rom-com storyline and then david yeah. is just like the big man dingo nigga like and then everybody <laughs> else is like, one, and then one nigga has a heart problem like that's pretty much yeah shed is a bitch yeah. and that's that's the movie. Kind of like can we can we pause and just talk about this for a second because this this baby was the most unbelievable part of this yeah. movie david latin called himself big, big daddy big d daddy. yeah that's one thing at the at the game they announce him now starting for western texas David Big Daddy D Latin. Hmm. I do not believe that a a white announcer <laughs> would say that over a PA system. Nor do I believe that they would let him <laughs> put, like because somebody had to put that in the program. Yeah. Like that's you know what I mean. Like that's you're gonna let him call himself Big Daddy right. D. Because we know what the D, there's no, I mean, you could say it stands for David. I don't think that's what he means when he calls himself Big Daddy D. That's funny as hell. So I don't know if they just didn't get get it. Like if they just thought that was like a like a black nickname. But I, like, I guess I didn't. Know I, don't, the last, <laughs> the last I didn't know they did that over the, the starting lineups. That's funny. Yeah. At what, I was just like questionable yeah. i don't know if they would actually let him do that um well let's get into a little bit of what other people had to say about this movie because glory road like we said it it was a big film you know in certain respects it won a couple of awards it was nominated for the human humanitas prize in 2006 it won the 2006 sp award for best sports movie and from the Black Reel Awards, however much clout you give that, in 2007, it got nominations for Best Screenplay, uh, Adapted or Original, and Best Original or Adapted Song. And I don't know what song that would be because all of the songs here. There was there was maybe the most 2006 song where it was Alicia Keys and Life Jennings. And I was like, <laughs> where, where did they find Life Jennings at? And why was he singing with Alicia Keys? But... I guess that was like their, it was like the River Jordan song. Cause they played that song like four times in this movie, which I guess was like the only gospel song they could is think of. Is that the one that plays over the end credits? Where it's like, yeah. one, it says like one of these days you're going to wake up, some shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess the, it was before they could get common to do these things. Cause that, I mean, if he, if he would have been, a, you know, that was, that's his bag yeah. now. Him and John. When it's Legend. a civil rights movie. You are. But if we're going around to all the different review sites, so started with IMDb, what do you think Glory Road currently has out of 10? Six. 7.2. Wow. Which, like we say, is high. Seven, like a seven on IMDb sure, is like. People wrote it. They, they had to throw Yeah. <laughs> and I think, you I know, was being part of the. Six. I know. Well, I think part of the the danger with these movies is that people watch these movies over and over. It's a Disney movie, right? But it's like, but people believe the movie. Like, why would you question? So you broke all this down. (laughs) So I think if you watch the movie at face value, 
white people might be like, yo, they endured. You know what I mean? They went through some some hard times. And they came out on top. And that makes me as a white person feel good about racism that I didn't do. Uh, but I'm still complicit in, but don't want to acknowledge. Uh, so <laughs> that's that's Glory Road on IMDb. Going over to Rotten Tomatoes. What do you think Glory Road has out of 100%? 47. Currently on Rotten Tomatoes, Glory Road has a 55%. Mm. Which is still, it's rotten technically, but like 55 is still higher than I would have guessed. Um, And it's got an 81% audience score. So even despite the critics, white people (laughs) still love this movie. Um, But getting to our our absolute favorite around here, Amazon.com. What do you think Glory Road currently has out of five stars on Amazon? Three. Four and a half stars. Uh, technically, 4.7 out of 5. 83% five-star rating. Uh, they they love it. <laughs> I don't think any of these... Like this, The Blind Side. Uh, all of those movies. You know what I mean? Like, they just... They have... I fucking hate The Blind Side. <laughs> Fuck that movie. You, you didn't like Michael Orr? I never had one. Nigga. A room? Bruh. A bed. <laughs> And they had that nigga take the test, and he drew a sailboat on the back of that bitch. I was like, I'm gonna burn everything down. I hate you, crackers, so much. <laughs> well, and this—I mean, this movie does a similar thing where, like, you would think if it wasn't for this coach, like, these kids would have failed out of college, would have never played basketball past you know where they were playing in the park in the streets and it's like these kids must have had i mean that's to say that they were like straight a you know 4.0 students but like can one of them be smart like usually there's the smart one on the team you know but like all of them seem like they were struggling my man makai brooks looked in the camera and said every class is about rocks but i'm a black man i don't do rocks Knowing some white people wrote that shit makes me really angry. I don't even know what that means or how I'm supposed to interpret that. But that was maybe the line of the movie for me where I was like, rocks weren't the rocks that we know today. So I don't think they meant it in that way. But also, like, I, I don't know what he's supposed to be telling me. And it's like, they're telling me that this is a mining college, so every class is somehow about mining? But I also don't think that's true, because that seems like a crazy thing. (laughs) Anyways, that's what this movie got from all the agri-review sites, but we still have to rank it on our caucasity ranking scale. So, now we've got three levels of caucasity here. Our first level is shorts in the winter. Being in Los Angeles, I'm sure shorts in the winter is is a typical, usual thing, not out of the ordinary. Here on the East Coast, white people just, you know, when the temperature dips below 50, below 40, below 30 even, sometimes they just can't put those Tommy Bahamas away. They're still out here. Not even like in, like going to the, you know, around the corner to the store or like going down the driveway, but like living life in shorts. 
and sometimes even sandals. Um, this is not hurting me, but I am curious, right? So that's what this level is where I'm, I'm looking at it. There's a level of curiosity. Why are you doing this? Are you trying to prove something? Not, not hurting me, you know, go about your business, but like, I'm still kind of looking at it with like, yeah. what's, what's really happening here. <clears throat> Second level is this movie is touching my hair. And that's where now <laughs> this movie has invaded your personal space. Uh, it is it is starting to, you know, it's not the ultimate level of violence, but it's like now there's a problem. You know what I mean? Like you've, yeah. you've gotten into my space. You started asking questions you shouldn't be asking. You started yeah. doing things you shouldn't be doing. Um, and we, we're, we're not fighting yet, but we're getting close. The third level of caucasity is a link that I'm about to send you. Happy Black History Month, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to the world that we live in. White people can't help themselves. And so, you know, like even during Black History Month, it's, it's got to be what it's got to be. What the fuck? In Miami, <laughs> the mayor of Miami unveiled well, black a police history, cruiser. Police cru- nah, that, <laughs> that says it's Black not, History Month on it, but it doesn't stop there. It's got... It's got kente cloth colors. <laughs> and just images of Africa on it. This is less than, what, a week this since a the Tyree Nichols video came out. <laughs> this is just a month after a man was tased to death by the police in Los Angeles. And we're, I guess, celebrating Black History Month <laughs> via police cruisers. Like this, this, I don't know if this is actually going to be driving down the streets. <laughs> but I, I don't know what I'd do if I ever saw a police cruiser that looked like this. I might <laughs> spontaneously combust. I don't know if I could could take it in real life. But that's the third level of caucasity where they know exactly what they're doing. This isn't a mistake. This was on purpose. This was intentional. They meant to do harm. And they they wanted us to know that they don't give a fuck. So out of those three levels, what do you think? I'd have to say it's, it's touching my hair, man. It's right there. In the, it's touching my hair for sure. I, ha- I might go... Point five, touching my hair. Point five, only because like the movie is is dumb. It's a it's one of those inspirational feel good movies, specifically if you're white. But like I just I just can't get over like you're saying the interactions between characters because it's like that's black people don't talk like that. Black people don't do half the things that you're right. doing in this movie, and it's very clear that no black person. I want to be careful about how I phrase it because one of the writers from Remember the Titans was a black man and they put his name on this movie. But I don't think that he, I think maybe he did the first pass and then they pass it off to some white people. <laughs> Cause I just, if you told me a black person had anything to do with this movie, I would be highly suspicious and I don't, you know, I want to believe that my man was like in good faith. Hey, this sounds like a good story. Let me give you. Maybe he hate black people too. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't know this man. So you know, I, I want to think the best about my people, but sometimes 
It'd be your own people. Be so own I, people sometimes, bro. I don't know. Uh, but that, yeah, like there's certain parts of this movie that I'm just like, dog. Specifically the way that they did shed, like my man got kicked off the team, got his nose broke at practice, got beat up, <laughs> had to sleep outside because David Latt was like, nigga, you can't come in here right now. I'm talking to a girl on the phone. He had to sleep in the hallway, presumably many times, not just the one time, but more than one time. So like all of that was like, and he had to say that dumb mama, I won an NCAA championship to nobody at the end of the movie. So like all of that, I don't know. Like it's not quite Black History Month police cruiser, but it is <laughs> making me feel some kind of way. But now, thanks you so much for joining us. I want I want you to plug everything because you've got you got a podcast that people should be listening to. Yeah. You got a special that just came out not that long ago, and you got a tour that's going on. And Dave is coming out in April. So tell everybody where they can find you on the internet and real life and all the stuff that you got going on. Yeah. Please follow me on Twitter at Niles100. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. It's just Niles Abstin. There you'll find my newest comedy special, Household Name. Please watch it. Share it to about five people after you watch it. You know what I'm saying? Check that out. I need I need help. I need the shares. I'm trying to get more views on that. Um, yeah, I have a podcast called Y'all Had to Be Here. Also on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, all that shit, wherever you get podcasts. Check it out. Well, uh, I'm out, I'm on tour with my with my friends that do the Y'all Had to Be Here podcast and me. We're doing some comedy and music shows all around the country. We will be in Portland next month at the Portland Northwest Black uh, Comedy Festival on February 16th. It's actually my birthday. We're doing a show, and then February oh, February 17th, I'm hosting my own showcase and performing. Uh, we're gonna have like an after party and stuff. So 16th and 17th of February, I'll be in Portland, and then the next night, the 18th. I will be in Seattle, and then in March, March seventeenth, I'll be in Chicago. So if you're in those places, Dope. come come see me perform. It's gonna be a fun time for sure. Well, Cameron couldn't be here with us, but if you're trying to check out Cameron, he's got all of his stuff at the Blipster eleven thirty eight Instagram and Twitter. So check him out. He's gonna be announcing something soon. Right. He's got so that's the reason he can't be here is is, is a I'm cool reason. So we'll be hearing about it. And if you want to follow me, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at jrsosa18, jrsosa18. Um, the DC Comics DC Power Anthology just came out this past week on January 31st. So if you're listening to this, uh, which will be coming out next week, then it should still be in stores. Hopefully you can still pick it up. It's It's been a great experience just telling people about it. People giving us feedback on it. Seemed like it's gone over really well. So definitely appreciate everybody who picked that up. Um, Red Sonia, Hell Sonia from Dynamite Comics is coming out this month, uh, February 15th, and then it'll be out in March 22nd. That'll be the finale of that. So check that out. If you want to get in contact with us, you can reach us at white underscore pod on Twitter, and you can also reach out to us at white people and save you pod at gmail.com. Give us your movie recommendations, give us your, um, just ideas for uh, upcoming episodes. Let us know if you're in Miami and you see a Black History Month police cruiser. <laughs> I yeah. just want footage yeah, of that. that <laughs> Actually, yes. If you see that police cruiser around your city and nobody's around, please slash the tires um, oh. or like throw pa- throw paint That's on it. Uh, <laughs> you can't let that shit. Can't let that shit stand. Um, 
But that's going to do it for us this week. And we'll be back next week with more Calcacity. Peace. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved.